Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. witness is also a worship unto the Lord. It gives glory to God. Can you say praise the Lord? If you have your Bibles tonight, I invite your attention into the word of the Lord to the book of Psalms, the 125th Psalm. As you look at these, if you have a reference Bible of any kind, it probably which stayed at the beginning of these psalms, this particular psalm and the one once before and after it. It talks about them being songs of degrees. What that simply means is, is these were things that were recited and sang as the people would make their way up into the house of God. Amen. And uh, I think it's good when we come to the house of the Lord, we come with praise. Hallelujah. We don't come and try to get our praise on once we get here, but we come with the praise. When we enter in, the Scripture says, to His gates, enter in to His presence. The Bible talks about us giving thanksgiving and praise at those times. And so this is what we see an example of here. And so in verse 1, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. That's a reference, of course, to the Temple Mount, Mount Zion, which is typical in the New Testament of the church. So anytime you see that reference, you know that this relates to us in our day as the church, which cannot be removed but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put forth their hands unto iniquity. Do good, O Lord, unto those that be good, to them that are upright in their hearts. As for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity, but peace shall be upon Israel. I want you to notice that very first verse. It says, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot, cannot be removed. They that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion. And then it says it cannot be removed. I want to preach from this subject tonight, whatever the Lord allows, teach, preach. But I want to use this as a subject, trust in the structure. Trust in the structure. Or maybe a subtitle, They That Trust in the Lord. Trust in a structure. Praise God. Let's lift up our hands. 
Let's lift up our hands to the Lord and let's pray for God's help here tonight. Jesus, we need you. We need your touch, your help, your strength, your blessing, your anointing upon this service, this place, this people. God, I pray that you would have your way in the remainder of the service and you would help us through your word tonight to be better for you. We thank you, God. We know that you're able to help us in these times. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Trust in the structure. One of the greatest defenses that we have as children of God is simply having a trust in the Lord that His purposes, His plan, and His will for our lives, uh, that He knows what's best for us, and that He is going to bring it to fruition. And as long as we continue to serve Him, continue to be faithful to Him, that He'll take care of all of our needs. The psalmist said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. In other words, all of the children of God that continue to put their trust in Him, live for Him and are faithful to Him, the Lord will take care of them. The Lord will be with them. And that's a very strong comfort and consolation to each one of us tonight, especially in the world that we're living in. These are times when there's a lot of things that are untrustworthy. These are times when there's not a whole lot of integrity. These are times when there's not a lot of loyalty. These are times when Everything is shaking just like the scripture said that it someday would. It prophesied to us that there would be a time that everything that could be shaken would be shaken. And I think that we're living in those times. And so the greatest defense for you against backsliding is they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion which cannot be removed but abideth forever. Can I tell you that through the ups and downs, through uh, the trials, through the tempest of life, if you'll learn to trust God, put your faith in God, there's not many things that can get you separated from the things of the Lord, from the church, from your relationship with God. Not many things can be driven as a wedge between you and God, if you continue to trust in Him. Matter of fact, that's the very thing, as we'll learn a little later, that the devil tries to attack in the child of God's mind. And uh, I think right here at the outset, I think it's important for us to realize the difference between faith and trust. We understand that faith is foundational to our walk with God. It's not optional, but we must have faith to please God, the Scripture tells us. But trust is something that goes even further than that. Trust is when you do not see how things are going to turn out, but you continue to be faithful in the meantime. You continue to do what's right in the meantime. You continue to follow the Word and the principles that are in the Word of God in that period of time when it feels like you're blindfolded. Or maybe you're walking in the dark 
and you don't know exactly how things are going to turn out, but you trust that it's all in God's control, that life is in his hands, and that God is going to make a way for his children. And I'm thankful that that is the truth tonight, and we can trust him on the basis that we are his children. He said, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. And how much the more your Father in heaven. I'm so thankful that we can rely upon the Lord. We can trust in the Lord when we can trust nothing else. In construction, there is a phrase that is used often. It's, it's often referred to in engineering. It's, it's called the integrity of a structure. And a lot of times this is brought into question. Certain codes have to be met. Certain, certain plans have to be followed. Engineering has to be followed in order for the integrity of the structure to be sound and be able to be trusted. Uh, buildings, of course, steel girders and, and beams and, and even, even the interior of this building, the sheetrock that is on the walls, and various things are very heavy. And if you don't believe that, just pick up a piece or a sheet of sheetrock and try to carry it across the room. It's pretty heavy, especially the, the thicker kinds of sheetrock. And sometimes they come uh, two in a sheet from the uh, two sheets in a, in, and they're glued together somehow or attached together somehow. They come that way many times from uh, the builder's supply, and that can be very heavy. But everything in this building is heavy, and uh, it's, it's, uh, there's a structure that's involved. Uh, way, before, way before the steel structure of the, the building went up on this particular pad, this foundation, beneath the foundation, as I was told, there's, there's many pylons that's down in the ground to secure this, and that is the integrity of the building. And what the integrity of the structure is, is simply uh, the building's framework. Is it trustworthy? Because in certain areas of the country there's earthquakes or there may be hurricanes and different building codes. You, you don't have the same building codes here as you would in New Orleans or the same building codes here as you would in some other cities because of the climate, the environment, the atmosphere that is there would demand different codes and different things for the integrity of that structure. Where there's earthquakes, there's certain things that have to be put in the joints and in the walls and the structure that would give it a little forgiveness so that if there's a shaking, it can withstand that. In areas where there would be storms that would blow against, such as hurricanes, uh, there would need to be uh, a certain amount of structure there to be able to handle that. The foundation would, would need to be stronger perhaps or maybe they would need to dig down a little further to bedrock to ensure that this is something that can withstand the storm. So the question is always, is the structure sound? And we are living in an hour when the apostolic structure is under attack. Can you say praise the Lord? Uh, that's why the enemy has concentrated so much of his efforts. And this is the place that he has targeted his efforts. is upon the structure 
of the apostolic church. And why is that? Because without the structure, there's nothing that the Spirit can bless, descend upon, land upon, however that you want to term it. It takes the structure for God to be able to come in and to move and to bless and to have His way. Scripture gives us many examples of this. We see this all the way back in the Old Testament with the prophet Ezekiel as the Lord, the Bible tells us, picked him up as it were in the spirit and sat him down in the midst of a valley that was filled with dry bones. And the Bible describes it this way. It says that when Ezekiel looked at these dry bones, he said, Lo, they were very dry. And they were scattered across the floor of this valley. Uh, These bones, no doubt, was representative of an army that had marched here and maybe a battle that had taken place historically in this particular location. And these bones were the results of the casualty of that battle that took place there in that valley. And the carcasses of those men that had fallen It had been many years now and their flesh had either rotted away or been eaten away by uh, birds of prey or or varmint that had come by. And and, uh, so those bones were not only left there, but they were scattered across and disarray throughout that valley's floor. But the scripture tells us that before life could come, sinew and flesh could come upon those bones that the scripture tells us as Ezekiel began to preach that bone came together with its bone. And what that simply meant was is wherever it belonged and whatever body that it belonged and originated with, that's where it came back together. There was a femur bone over here and uh, another bone over this place and they would come together. And uh, that skeletal structure, once it was together and it was formed, then as he continued to preach, uh, the Bible said that sinew and flesh began to form. And then life, breath was given. So this is an indication to us that spirit and structure go together. Spirit and structure work together in God's economy. We could see other examples. 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse 21. Uh, This is where Elisha, after giving advice to the king, and you remember the story of how that uh, uh, the king came to Elisha and said, I'm very disturbed about the enemies that have surrounded Israel, and what do I need to do? And he said, take the bow in your hand and and, uh, shoot the arrow." then uh, take and smite the arrow to the ground. And he didn't understand why Elisha the prophet was asking him to do this. And so he just smote it to the ground just a few times. And after he did it a few times, he gave up and he quit. He said, this is ridiculous. What's this got to do with anything? And the scripture says that Elisha was wroth with him because he did not smite the ground more or that he had quit too early. And he said, in the same manner that you smote the ground, you're going to smite your enemy. And you could have had more victory if you'd have had a little bit more persistence. It isn't that true with any and all of us. The more we persist in the things of God, 
the more passion, desire, and hunger that we have for the things of God, the more we press on many times uh, determines how much victory that we're going to receive, how much we're going to get out of it. You can't come to church and just go through the motions and expect a whole lot. Amen. Don't leave it up to everybody else. The responsibility is yours. The, the scripture says the arrows was in the hand of the king. In other words, the victory was in his hands. And that's the way it is with us as children of God. It's not in the preacher's hands. and It's not in the musician's hands. And it's not in the singer's hands. And it's not in somebody that sets down the pew's hand. But it's in your hands what kind of victory you're going to have. God gave you some arrows tonight. It's how you use them that's going to determine what kind of victory that you're going to have. If you just go through the motions and you just pray your normal prayer and you go through your normal routine, you'll get your normal blessing. But if you want more from God, you can receive more from God. You can have more from God. There is more to be received in God if we'll pursue and persist and make up our mind with determination. If God has placed an opportunity in my hands, I want to maximize that opportunity. I want to get as much out of it as I possibly can. Come on, every time we come to the house of God, that ought to be the desire of our heart. I want as much out of this service as I can possibly get out of this service. I want to, I want to wring it out, so to speak. I want to get every drop, every bit of nectar that can come from the honeycomb. I want to get it here tonight. I want to receive it in this place. I want the Lord's blessing. I want the Lord's help. If there's a prayer to be answered, I want it to come to fruition tonight. If there's something that God wants to fulfill in my life, I don't want to miss it I don't want to miss one more moment in God. Come on, that's the way we ought to approach our walk with God this year. This year can be the greatest year in your whole experience living for God. This year can be the best year of your whole walk with the Lord. If you'll make up your mind, I'm going to get as much as I can out of it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Bible said that after he after he had shown the king these things and spoken these things to the king that he died and they buried him in a sepulcher and it wasn't long after that that the enemy get, did begin to raid them and the Bible says that there was a band of the Moabites that came and they were they were doing their acts of violence and terror throughout the land of Israel without restraint. And the scripture says that there were some men that in the midst of all of this that was going on in Israel, one of their friends had died and they were trying to take him to bury him. And when they were taking him to the graveyard, the scripture says that they spied. That means that they saw them before the Moabites were able to spot where they were. They spied them, and while they were still hidden from the enemy, they just tossed this man in this sepulcher, which was Elisha the prophets. Now, we know that the Bible indicates to us that Elijah had so many major miracles. Elisha had asked for a double portion of Elisha's spirit, 
of Elijah's spirit. Elisha had asked for a double portion of it, and he had reached exactly or almost exactly half, save one, major miracle to equal exactly half of the great and mighty miracles of Elijah. And he was just one away from it. And somebody said, well, he's dead. I guess he's not going to get exactly a double portion. He, he didn't measure up. He's in the grave. They've already buried him. But the Bible said that when they threw this dead man into the sepulcher of Elisha, that when that man touched the bones of Elisha, the prophet, that he stood upright and he was revived and his breath came back in him. And he walked out of that grave. So, Elisha, you got just what you prayed for. Elisha, you got just what you... What does that mean to us? When it looks like there's no hope, when it looks like there's a dead issue and there's no possibility, don't count God out. Know that God is able, even when it looks hopeless, to answer your prayer and to move and fulfill the desires of your heart. And so... He got up when he touched the bones. Again, representing to us two things, spirit and structure, working together. The scripture tells us in John, St. John 19, 36, for these things were done that the scripture might be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. This was a prophecy. This is what it's referring to, a prophecy that was given of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which we know we are the body of Christ. How many knows that that's what the church is, the body of Christ? And we, we understand that the devil did his best to destroy and is still working against the body of Christ. But here at this crucifixion, he was allowed to pierce the flesh of Jesus, beat the flesh of Jesus till his visage was not even recognizable. Uh, uh, the Bible says that he was left in such a shape that, that he wouldn't even be recognizable to those that knew him. A crown of thorns placed upon his head. Uh, his back beaten with a cat of nine tails. Uh, left in a bruised and beaten condition. But the Bible said after all of this, not a bone of his body was broken. Not a bone of his body. Now, you know that they came by and they would break the legs of those that were on the cross that were still alive after a period of time. But Jesus the Bible says, gave up the ghost on his own. It's not up to the enemy to dictate what happens. It's not up to the enemy to tell God how to run his business. He may have plans and designs and think he's going to do it a certain way, but I'm going to tell you, God's the one that's in control. That's right. You need to remember that. You need to be encouraged by that. You need to remind the devil of that the next time he tells you that he's running this business. I'm telling you, God's running his business, and God's going to take care of it. So 
the structure was intact when they placed him in that tomb. Not a bone of his body was broken. And then we see the power of resurrection come to that body. And he was he was raised on the third day. Again signifying to us the connection between an unbroken structure and the spirit of God. I think it's very important for us to realize that God, amen, blesses this thing that he designed, this thing that he put together called the church. And though the devil has tried to attack it, and though the devil has tried to break it, and though the devil has tried to destroy it, he can only go so far. He is limited in his attempts, but God is going to keep his church intact. This is the safest place for anybody to be in this world is right here in the church. This is a secure place. This is a safe place. Amen. This is a place that you can withstand all the storms and the attacks of the enemy. Praise God. I know it's getting crazy out there in this world. I know that there's a lot of threats. I know that the enemy is trying to put fear in the hearts of people, but you could be secured in the fact that we don't believe in eternal security, but we do believe that the church is secure, and if I'll stay in the church, then I can make it. I can be saved. I can make it through whatever comes. I think we ought to just take a few moments and thank God for the church. I think we ought to just take a few moments and thank God for the church, the church of the living God that we're a part of. This is a beautiful thing that God has created. This is a beautiful thing that God has given to us. I can be saved if I stay in the church. I can make it to heaven if I'll stay in the church, if I'll stay connected to it, if I'll stay Amen. All in the church, I can be saved. As bad as Satan would like to destroy and break the church, he cannot. The Bible tells us the story of Daniel, how that the decree was made by the law of the Medes and the Persians that you cannot pray. That didn't intimidate Daniel. I said the laws of the land didn't intimidate him from doing what was right. You know, there's all kind of questions in people's mind. What are you going to do if uh, they no longer give people tax exemption or churches are no longer considered nonprofit organizations and all that kind of stuff? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep on doing what the Bible said. Amen. That's right. Whether or not I get a tax break, it still pays to pay my tithe. Whether or not I get a tax break, it still pays to give to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'd still want to give to the Lord because he'll take care of me. Again, the righteous have never been forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's right. So uh, we're going to follow the principles of the word of God because they cannot be broken. So Daniel opened the windows towards Jerusalem and prayed at his appointed time. And they were watching on and they arrested him. And the penalty was to be thrown into the lion's den. And the Bible says this. 
that those lions had not been fed for a period of time. They were hungry. Logic told you that this wasn't good for Daniel. Thrown into the den with hungry lions. And the Bible tells us that their mouths were shut. And that the Lord stood with him. And the Lord delivered him from the lion's den. When that king come calling the next morning, Oh, Daniel! He knew that Daniel's God was the one that was worthy of worship and praise. And matter of fact, he turned his attention towards Daniel's God. And those that decreed this against Daniel, the Bible said in chapter 6 and verse 24, these others, they threw them into the lion's den and they had mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces. And ever they came at the bottom of the den before their bodies hit the bottom, the floor, in other words, of that den. They'd already been devoured is what the Scripture's saying. They'd already been torn apart and dismembered and their bones broken. The lions had mastery over them. Can I tell you that other things may be destroyed? The very one that is trying to attack you, the devil, the enemy of your soul, the very thing that he wants you to be condemned to, he's condemned to already. I said the very thing that he wants to drag you into, he has no hope. He's headed there already. Can I tell you that if you go to hell, you'll go to hell as an intruder because it is made for the devil and his angels. And he wants to drag your soul to hell because, amen, he knows that if he cannot separate you from the church and if he cannot keep you from the church, then you, amen, will never, never be lost as long as you stay connected, as long as you stay involved in, as long as you stay firmly planted in the church, you're safe. My point is this, you can, you can trust the structure called the church. I said you can, uh, amen. The Bible talks about the foundations of God standing sure. Is that right? It tells us that we're built upon the foundation of the apostles' doctrine. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Do you understand, devil, when you attack the church that you're attacking the Lord himself? You're coming against the one that is able to take captivity captive, the scripture says, and gives good gifts to men. Can I tell you that when you come against the church, you're coming against uh, something that you'll never succeed against, uh, that you'll never be able to overcome. That's why I need to stay in the safety of the church of the living God. That's why I've got to stay firmly planted in the church of the living God. This is a place where I can prosper. This is a place where I can be blessed. I don't know about out there, but I can be blessed here. That's right. 
Bible tells us about Moses, his mother, Jehoshaphat, building an ark, pitching that ark. That means she uh, placed slime and mud to seal the ark from any external things coming in, water seeping in and drowning that baby. She carefully built this thing, placed him in it, and then placed him in the Nile and God moved upon Pharaoh's daughter to go to that specific place at that specific time. You can think it was just coincidence if you want to. I believe the hand of God was in all of it. And she brings him back into an Egyptian palace. And she gets looking around for somebody to feed this baby. And Miriam volunteers to go get one of the Hebrew mothers. It just so happens she knows which one she's going to pick. She goes and gets Moses' own mother to come. And she nurses him and feeds this baby. And God keeps him. I'm going to tell you, God's got a way of keeping his people in the midst of Egypt. I said, God's got a way of keeping his people in the midst of everything that's going on. God's got a way if we'll trust in him. I said, if we'll trust in him, we'll put our faith and our confidence not in the things of this world. Some people say, well, if we we can just vote right. We can get it all going good again. I'm going to tell you, God's in control of it all. Amen. I believe you ought to vote your conscience. You ought to vote according to the will of God. I believe all of that. But I'm going to tell you, when it's all said and done, God's in control of everything. I said God's in control of everything. He, he's like a, a he, he's standing behind the scenes like a puppet on a string. He's, he's moving this thing how he wants to move it. That's right. Praise God. In fact, the very thing that the enemy has tried to do, the church, the Bible indicates is going to happen to him. Can you put, can you put uh, Psalms 3 and verse 7 up on the screen? Why don't you just go ahead and stand with me? I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. I feel that we've accomplished our mission here tonight. I want to encourage somebody that this structure is a safe structure to be in, the church. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. The very thing that the devil's tried to do to you and to the church throughout the ages, tried to break you down, tried to break you down, tried to break the structure that God blesses, tried to, tried to break uh, the church up that God blesses, uh, can I tell you that he's been unsuccessful in the end? He's going to break the teeth. I said he's going to break the teeth of the enemy. He's going to break the very one that's been trying to break you. I said the very one that's come against you, the Lord is going to raise up a standard against him according to this scripture. God is going to bless you and he's going to smite all of our enemies. Oh, glorious day. That ought to make somebody want to shout a little bit tonight. Rejoice that you're on the winning side. That God's going to take care of you as his child. 
Come on, can we take just a few moments and thank the Lord for it right now? Can we take just a few moments and praise the Lord for his goodness, for his graciousness? Oh, God, I thank you, Lord, that I'm a part of your church. I thank you, Lord, that I'm a part of your body. Psalms 125 and 1. They, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed but abideth forever. You want to prosper? You want to be blessed? Keep putting your trust in God. Don't lean into your own understanding. Don't lean into your own wit, knowledge, and man's wisdom. But lean unto the Lord and his word and his spirit and let it guide you. He'll direct you. He'll help you. He'll sustain you. He'll be there for you. I want to just take a moment and thank God for the church again. We praise God for the church. Oh, yes, I thank you, Jesus, for your church. Everybody in here ought to be thankful. Ought to be thankful for the church of the living God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your beautiful name. I thank you, God. I've been... We get into this church, just feel like saying this at conclusion tonight. There's only one way to get in this church, and that's to be born into it. Born again into it. Amen? Talking about a new birth. Talking about repentance. Dying out to the old. Repenting. I'll tell you, sin, the only way the condition of sin can be healed in a person's life is for you to repent of those sins. And then we're baptized for the remission of those sins in Jesus' name. Just as outlined in John chapter 3 when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. And then we receive this resurrection power of the Holy Ghost. Aren't you thankful for the promise of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's how we're born into the body of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's the Word of God, folks. You can't. Be slipshod with the Word of God. You can't circumvent the Word of God. You can't get around the Word of God. You can't excuse the Word of God. But that's the only way to be a part of the church. You don't, you don't slip through. You don't, you don't get in any other way. The Bible said if you don't come through the door, if you go through some other way, you're a thief and a robber. That's what the Bible said. But the only way to get in is through the door, the entryway. And the entryway, entryway is this new birth experience. And I'm thankful for that revelation here tonight. You ought to thank God every day that you have a revelation of truth. Don't ever let the truth get old to you. Don't ever let the Acts 2.38 get old to you. The Acts 2.38 message get old to you. Don't ever, don't ever let when a preacher gets up and preaches these things, let it, let it just be old hat to you. Let it, let it come alive in your spirit because that's what saves you and that's what will keep you saved.